your money today, Carolyn Wright finds out what you need to know about green bonds. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. The Hong Kong government recently offered a new tranche of green bonds. But what exactly are green bonds and how easy is it for investors to get involved with them? I'm joined now by Young Kim, who is Sustainable Finance Analyst at Moody's Investor Service, to find out more. Thank you for joining me, Young. Thanks for having me. First off, can you just give me a bit of an explainer what green bonds are and the kinds of projects that they can help support? So green bonds are a type of thematic or label fixed income instrument, which the bond proceeds are specifically earmarked to invest in green projects with the purpose of bringing some positive environmental benefits. We would typically refer to this kind of bond a use of proceeds bond. And that's because the bond proceeds are dedicated to fund a specific green or social project. So, for instance, if you're financing a certain green projects like financing construction of solar power plants, you would call this a green bond. Green bonds are the largest segment of sustainable debt market globally, as well as in APAC. So around 70% of total APAC sustainable bonds are green bonds as of last year. And with the green bonds, issuers may choose to invest in numerous different projects to address certain environmental challenges, such as climate change mitigation or pollution prevention control. But the most common category is renewable energy projects, that is construction and operation of wind, solar, or other renewable energy facilities to decarbonize the power sector. Along with the renewable energy project, clean transportation category that finances the adoption of electric vehicles or energy efficiency category that promotes energy savings in industry production are also a common type of projects we see in the Asia Pacific region. Lastly, to ensure transparency and accountability of green bonds, Issuers would typically follow certain international market standards, most notably the ICMA's Green Bond Principles or the International Capital Market Associations that call for clarity on how projects are evaluated and selected, how they intend to manage the proceeds to ensure they are channeled into certain assets, and how they intend to report the benefits going forward. Now, we recently saw the Hong Kong government issuing uh, green bonds for retail investor subscriptions. Do you know much about the, the kind of projects they could be helping to develop here in Hong Kong? I think since 2019, around 10 billion US dollar of green bonds have been issued by the Hong Kong government. So it is one of the most frequent and largest government issuers of green bonds in this region. With the bond proceeds, the government has chosen nine eligible green projects within the territory of Hong Kong. There are a diverse number of projects under this program. But to give you a bit more color on what these projects look like, for instance, they're financing a pollution prevention and control category. So here, the government is trying to improve the air quality through the reduction of air pollutant emissions as outdoor air quality of Hong Kong has been considered poor according to World Health Organization air quality guidelines. Therefore, the proceeds will be largely used to promote wide adoption of electric vehicles to get zero vehicle emissions by 2050, which is in line with this clean air plan for Hong Kong 2035 issued in June 2021. Another category that will be highly beneficial to the city is renewable energy category. The government plans to finance construction, um, installation and operation of renewable energy systems, including solar, wind and hydropower facilities with the goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. This is highly relevant as approximately 66% of CO2 emissions come from power sector alone in Hong Kong. Thus, developing renewable energy is key for decarbonization of its energy mix. 
Also, the Hong Kong government has followed the technical screening criteria defined by the EU taxonomy, which is considered one of the most stringent international standards to make sure any negative externalities during the construction stages are minimized while using the best available technologies to bring positive environmental impact when financing such projects. Now, there was a pretty strong response to the subscriptions opening. Is that indicative of a wider appetite for green bonds? And how do you see the uh, sustainable bond market developing in the future? Over the past several years, we've seen a rapid rise of green bonds and overall sustainable bond issuance in APAC, as governments around the region have pledged their carbon neutrality, adopting numerous climate-related disclosures, and developing taxonomies and guidelines to help companies and governments raising capital to fund their green projects. And while APEC issuance of sustainable bonds slowed from the second half of last year, in line with the global trends due to overall slowdown of fixed income issuance, we've seen some resilient volume growth this year. To give you some numbers, the first half of this year's sustainable bond issuance recorded around 168 billion US dollar. That is up by 26% from six months earlier and 2% higher compared with a year earlier. The main driver for this growth comes from continued strong onshore issuance in major APEC countries, most notably from China with strong onshore green bond issuance, but also from Korea and Japan with resilient onshore issuance of green and social projects, although cross-border issuance still remains weak with rising dollar funding costs. Therefore, in Moody's, we do expect APEC sustainable bond issuance in 2023 is on course to exceed the previous year's close to 300 billion US dollar with strong onshore demand. To give you a, a bit more on the long-term growth perspective, but prospect on the APEC sustainable bond issuance, I just want to highlight a few points. So first, the sustainable bond volumes already account for about 15% of total global bond issuance in the first half of this year. So for APAC, about 12% of bonds are now some sort of ESG label bonds compared to about 3% in 2020. So we've seen a fast and steady growth of this segment that demonstrate resilience in the system of bonds segment. Second, we believe policies and regulations around transition finance will support overall sustainable bond market growth going forward. The ongoing development of policy guidelines and taxonomies, particularly in Japan and ASEAN countries, that help better define transitional activities and channel capital towards carbon-intensive sectors it will remain central focus in APAC. Are there any constraints to the growth in the market that you think uh, investors should be aware of? The most obvious one is the challenging operating environment, such as rising interest rate or rising dollar funding costs, which still continue to weigh on overall fixed income market, which will obviously translate into weaker sustainable bond issuance as we've seen last year. But also, as I mentioned earlier, the government policies to support transition finance will be an important consideration for the system bond market growth. But there are still concerns from investors and other stakeholders due to lack of clear definitions and standards. This is because there is no universal definition of what constitutes transition activities or transition financing at the moment. The guidelines that define transition activities differ across jurisdictions that tailored to their local needs or context, this would create challenges for investors and issuers across the different countries. For instance, in certain jurisdictions, adoption of natural gas as interim transitional fuel on sustainable transportation category might be seen as transition activities in certain jurisdictions, whereas in other jurisdictions, 
those will be seen as a non-green or red activities, which certain investors might be cautious in investing such assets due to uncertainties and also potential greenwashing concern. Therefore, I believe that standardizing efforts to define what transition activities across different jurisdictions uh, will be an important challenge going forward. Great to get your insights. Thank you so much for explaining all of that to us today. That's Young Kim, who is Sustainable Finance Analyst at Moody's Investors Service.